I'm Kate Daniels. Health insurance, big topic. Obviously, very important one. Just as huge, maybe more so, is Medicare, which we all will be dealing with sooner or later. And it's very wise to start learning and understanding sooner rather than later. So we are fortunate to have with us JWO, who is a nationally recognized Medicare expert. In a moment, you're going to hear from him and understand that statement. Jay is also the author of a top-rated, top-selling book on Medicare titled Maximize Your Medicare, which he diligently updates each year. And here he is joining us right now. J.O., good morning. It is so wonderful to welcome you back, and especially at this particularly uh, prime time of the year. Well, thank you very much, Kate, for having me back. There is so much information that we need to cover. Medicare, I think, uh, whether we're in line to be applying for it, in the midst of it, preparing it for family members, I think this is very critical information that you have to share with us this morning. Almost every adult in the United States knows someone directly who is you know, affected by Medicare, no question. It is the vital time of the year. And so that's what we're really going to get into. I think it would be great to mention your website right at the outset and also say that we'll mention it again. But at the outset, this will give people the key place that they're going to get more information. The website for the book is called MaximizeYourMedicare.com, just the three words, MaximizeYourMedicare.com. There, there are not only information about the book, but there are important Medicare resources, official links to important documents, as well as other resources that I've put out into the world. So there is a YouTube channel and a free newsletter, just as simple starting points. That way they can get you know, in a, in our next few moments together, you're not going to be able to get the full set of information. There's a lot more that goes into it, but it's a good, that website is a very good starting point. Yes, truly a broad spectrum of a wealth of information. So that's a, a great tool to keep in mind. We'll mention it again. And so to get into a, a little more of the specifics of what goes on with Medicare, I think it's not too far-fetched to say it really can cause a muddle in our minds. It is the enrollment rules are very complicated. That said, once the rules are, those barriers are crossed, once people understand the enrollment rules, there are additional steps because Medicare, I try to explain to the public that Medicare itself, the federal program, is a very good chassis like to a car. That said, it has certain weaknesses which need to be addressed intentionally by beneficiaries. And the great thing about Medicare is that if you fully understand your rights and options, you will come to understand that the consumer has overwhelming rights and options in its favor. So you'll be able to find and select a configuration which fits your health situation, your personal priorities, your financial situations, all without any barriers, right, when you under the idea that you understand the rules. And that's where these rules come in, that you're here to help us to really understand and navigate so much better. And, of course, your book, Maximize Your Medicare, is going to really get into the very specifics of it for us, right? 
Yes, absolutely, Kate. And, you know, I'd love to tell you it's getting easier, but as you know, the full retirement age for Social Security is now beyond 65 years old. And as a result, we have a population that does like to work beyond 65. So this has added to the complications of selection for Medicare. Unfortunately, we see a lot more confusion, and I can't be optimistic that this is going to get easier because, as I said, more of us are working beyond 65 years old in the United States. So you get this confusion of, do I stay with my employer plan, or et cetera, et cetera. And the rules are just very, very complicated. The book goes out to try to set people on the right path, you know, when they're considering all these moving factors. And so that is perhaps one of the very basic rules or guidelines is if we're working beyond that retirement age and and it gets complicated, there still is a rule, isn't there, that you have to apply for Medicare at that eligible age? If we step back for just a moment, what I would tell persons is the following, is my general rule of thumb is really when you're 64, you start to think about this because you need to understand precisely what you need to do when you turn 65. Because depending on the employer, for example, if you are a full-time employee and you are covered by health insurance, there are things you can do, which is you can potentially delay depending on the size of your employer. For example, if you work at a very large employer, at small employers, you don't do not have this option. So again, this is what I'm saying. It becomes very complicated when you work beyond 65. So you really need to understand what you can and cannot do. And then what you have is then a second step, which is what should you do or what's most fitting for the person? Because that will also vary quite wildly from person to person. Your colleague at work may not have the same family situation, same financial situation. Different employers have different premium levels that they will contribute and what the employee is responsible for. I could go on and on and on about the layers of complication. So I strongly encourage persons to consider this in advance, not when you are 64 years and 11 months old, because the ripple effects here are enormous, thousands of dollars a year, certainly, both to employers as well as employees the number of inefficiencies or errors and limitations that could have been dealt with don't get don't get addressed you know in a way that would be best for the employee or for the retiree etc cetera, etc cetera. these types of things are what maximize your medicare is about to try to help persons avoid not only the penalties and rule and the pitfalls of the rules, but then also to try to identify what would be best for the person and their household. So what is the easy way to figure out what is the best thing for ourselves? I think first is enrollment, um, meaning that when you turn 65, whether you are working or not, I'm, I strongly encourage people to think through what their future when they turn 65 looks like. Are they going to be employed? Are they going to be covered by their employer or not? 
If not covered, then it's very clear that there are late enrollment penalties which should be avoided because these late enrollment penalties are lifetime penalties, meaning that they, the, your, you may be paying a penalty, you will have to pay it as long as you live. This should be avoided. And then if you are employed, so that's if you are employed, then you need to contact whoever is responsible for your health insurance coverage. For example, if you have an HR person, a human resources person, at least to understand the rules about what that employer coverage looks like and whether or not they're required to enroll in Medicare. Because as I said, probably too complicated for this conversation, but the rules vary based on size of employer as well. So you'll want to examine that so that you can fully understand what you can and cannot do when you turn 65. That's the best. Those are the first steps, if you will. And I'm astounded that there is a penalty if you don't enroll on time and the fact that it continues into the future, that it's not just a a one-time situation. And we're not going to settle the debate on whether or not on the idea of whether this is fair, et cetera, except to say that this is tax dollars being used and that if you enroll late just when you want, then you are basically forcing costs on your fellow taxpayers. So we're not going to settle that debate. But yes, these late enrollment penalties, and there are two late enrollment penalties, one which is Medicare for Medicare Part B, which is the medical portion, and then a separate calculation for late enrollment penalty for Part D, which is prescription drug benefits. And these two calculations occur separately, and yes, they will never expire if you do incur the penalty. So there is an enrollment period coming up. So this is a re-enrollment? It's not necessarily a first-time enrollment. Is that true? I love that, that you make this clarification, Kate, because this is absolutely vital. The period beginning on October 15th, just days away, is called the annual election period. Annual election period. On the Internet, on flyers, in coffee shops, too frequently, the terminology is used open enrollment period. It is not necessarily open. Meaning that if you've missed the, if you've incurred the penalties that we've said, spoken about in the past, then it's not necessarily open to you. Annual, the annual election period beginning on October 15th, what you can do is very clear, meaning that if you are an enrollee in a Medicare Advantage plan, you have the unrestricted right to change it. Unrestricted right to change it. If you want to stay with the plan, you need not do anything. It will simply renew itself. The same can be said about Part D, which is a standalone prescription plan, meaning that if you have a Part D plan, you can change it as many times as you would like during the annual election period, which begins on October 15th and runs through December 7th. You can change it as many times as you want. The last one you select and accepted will be the one in force for 2020. 
For Medigap persons, which is Medicare Supplement, Medicare Supplemental, these are three terms that mean the same thing, those persons automatically renew. You don't have to do anything during the annual election period because this is this is not and doesn't run under the same schedule. It is purely month to month. And as long as you continue to pay premiums, then nothing will change and the carrier can never force you out. The only one that can cancel Medigap is you. So this is not really open. Unfortunately, people use terms too loosely out in the public and that creates more confusion and more misunderstanding by persons who are already confused. So this, I encourage people to use the precise terminology. It's set precisely because what you can and cannot do during these different periods does differ. And then there is the term Medicare Advantage. Does that fit into this too? Yes. And so if you look, so the first, the federal Medicare card has two lines. It's part A, which is hospital, and part B, which is medical. I had referred to part D, which is prescription drug, which is strand standalone prescription drug plans. In the past, there's been the idea of a part C. But today, we usually use the term Medicare Advantage. And in these plans, the, in most cases, it includes both medical and prescription coverage benefits, both hospitalization, medical, as well as prescription, all in one. It is convenient. It is also growing in popularity amongst Medicare beneficiaries. More than a third of all Medicare beneficiaries are enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan. So these plans, there are many, meaning that more than 30, for example, in most locations throughout the country, but the selections do vary. Now, Medicare Advantage is a structure that people will know from their private health insurance or for employer insurance, meaning that there are networks involved. And these are the two components that I mentioned in Next Niger Medicare that you really need to understand is there are networks involved. And then, in other words, the most important thing is to make sure your doctors, hospitals, clinics, durable medical equipment providers, for example, that they accept the plan. That is vital because the last thing that I tell our clients is to go to your doctor's office and go to the medical billing department and they don't take your plan. That is a outcome that we work very hard to avoid. The second thing to understand is this is annual contract. And by annual contract, what I mean is this runs from January to January. The implication of that, Kate, is that all of the details, premium, the deductibles, co-pays, that schedule is changing every year. So, and it will change on January 2020. January 1. Now, that that sounds like something terrible, meaning that, oh, my cha- my plan is going to change and I don't like change, and, I, and that is understandable. The flip side is that the carriers are competing with one another 
intensely. And the reality is that additional benefits are coming online. Better benefits, enhanced benefits, access to dental vision, access to health clubs, for example. So I don't want to be discouraging. It sounds like it, people, listeners may have this idea that I'm always being discouraging about you know, look out for this or look out for that. But the flip side is that the consumers are protected in some sense due to the fact that the sellers, the insurance companies, are competing intensely here. And the extra benefits can be very valuable if they fit. In extreme examples, for example, I've seen carriers where insulin has is covered with zero copay, which is a multi-thousand dollar cost, which has now been reduced to zero under certain Medicare Advantage plans throughout the nation. So it is worth the look. It is worth the careful examination amongst all of these plans. And as I said, the competitive landscape benefits consumers. And so to really uh, be sure that we understand what we're getting into, is it in on the enrollment site that we find all that information? Is it better to look at your Maximize Your Medicare book? Is that going to give us some better guidance? What are you suggesting here, Jay, that's going to help us? There are a number of resources here, Kate. So certainly... The book can bring you through a couple of the steps, meaning that understand how enrollment works, understand what factors to consider. But there are limitations to any book, meaning that what it cannot do is it cannot name a specific plan in a particular location. It cannot name you know, a particular plan Tacoma because in 2021, it's going to be different. And the person's medical situation is different. The person's financial resources are going to be different. So there needs to be some give and take here. Um, are there resources in every local area? The answer is going to be yes. Uh, whether or not those persons are fully qualified, I can't really answer because, again, it is difficult to tell. Uh, what I would say is I'm slightly concerned about the new Medicare.gov. There is a plan finder there, but what it requires you to do or what it tries to steer you to do is to create an account. And if you show another person, you will be giving them access to your billing information, which is highly private and highly sensitive information. In fact, there are federal regulations to protect our clients from me sharing their information with anyone for any reason. And to have this information out in the open, you can understand with data security being such a large issue in our nation, you know, this does raise some concerns for from me, and that is my opinion, maybe mine alone. Well, I think what we can sense, you've visited with us here on this program earlier this year. We talked about Medicare. It was right. the 2019 book. Here we have the 2020 book. Uh, and the way that you present the information, I think we get 
that you are someone who really lives and breathes this stuff. Most of us don't, but you really are, grapple with it. You understand it, and you're able to articulate it. Right? Yeah, we have clients nationwide, Kate. Uh, we've you know, people have reached out to us for a number of reasons on private counsel, and certainly, you know, for example, we answer emails within 24 hours for free. And the real reason is because people, I understand that there is a great deal of consumer fatigue. You're about to enter, you're already in this period. You'll be able to turn on your TV and you'll see a commercial about Medicare, I promise. Or you'll see infomercials, whether they be 30 minutes long or an hour long on your cable TV, starting almost immediately. That's that. And it's very easy to try to assign blame. It's kind of like our national pastime, and not just recently, but this has been the case, meaning trying to say, well, the insurance company is trying to not uphold, you know, trying to provide you benefits because they don't want to pay, or my health care provider is doing something wrong. The candid reality is, and what happens is people get so discouraged that they don't carefully examine what the actual rights and benefits and options that people actually have under Medicare, under federal law and federal regulations. And the reality is, is that, for example, insurance companies, they have no choice. There are federal rules. They follow them. That is it. There's, there's, no, there's no leeway or debate. And if they violate them systematically, they are in a world of trouble. So the reason for Maximize Your Medicare, the reason for spending time with you and speaking to public, you know, on an extensive basis is to try to try to turn down the amount of accusations of trying to find someone to blame and clarify Medicare because it is so valuable. It is valuable for health care, for people's access to health care and the financial ripple effects of healthcare costs are known, and it becomes more dramatic as people age. It is the single biggest, it is much more important than bond fund one versus bond fund two that we spend, that you can see on TV or read newspapers and financial magazines. And while I'm strictly qualified to opine about those, the reality is, is that for everyday people, irrespective of your net worth, controlling health care costs under retirement is job one. And I am deeply committed to that. And that's that's why crazy people write books, Kate, <laughs> to, to be candid. <laughs> but the thing that I find just really um, gripping and so interesting, fascinating, really, that you write these books with such depth of understanding so that we can see that you understand it, you can convey it to us, whereas most of us, you know, are floundering here trying to figure out part A from part B from part C and, you know, what am I supposed to do? So that's why having you as the professional who is so steeped in it is really of such great value to us. We're very grateful to our persons, you know, those who have reached out to us on nationwide, because inside the book, is our real-life examples, meaning that my explanations with us today, for example, are not come from an academic point of view. 
they come from real-life examples, real-life situations that everyday people from all sorts of different backgrounds have reached out to us and asked, Jay, I'm just average. I'm retiring when I turn 65. Okay, then it's fairly clear. But the reality is, is that with 60 million Medicare beneficiaries, it is very difficult to say that everyone's going to fit neatly into a simple box, meaning everyone's situation so different, family situation different, health situation different, family medical history, financial resources. People try to ask me, Jay, why is it so complicated? Can I find the simple answer? Well, we've got a federal program. We have 60 million different people enrolled in Medicare. Very, very difficult to find one size that fits all. And my conversations with you, I think you get a sense of my enthusiasm, is to say, look, I understand that there are these misgivings. There's consumer fatigue and people shaking their heads. It seems so confusing. Why can't it be simpler? But the reality is, once people get through it, that what they can find is a configuration to protect themselves, their health, their financial resources, at the most, which is the most critical cost item, if you will, under retirement. Absolutely, step one. So we have as a resource this very important website for your book, MaximizeYourMedicare.com. And we know we can get the newsletter, we can watch the YouTube videos, such a wealth of information. And you've said you work with people nationally. So if people hearing this, a person hearing this is really intrigued by, I need this help, how do they contact you? Well, if they go to the website, there is a place where they can send email or a phone call. And as I said, you know, we return calls, et cetera, by within 24 hours. And the first inquiry is free. And the reality, Kate, is we don't charge money for simple or simple situations. If something takes a lot of work, and there are situations around the country that we've had, we would always tell you if we were had to bill somebody or charge somebody money, because of the amount of time it would take to take off the layers of the onion, if you will, to get to the most efficient answer. I didn't say free, meaning that I always tell persons I'm trying to, our end goal is to make sure that you get the most efficient answer, the best for your money. That is our sole only goal. You know, that's our fiduciary responsibility to our clients. And thankfully, you know, we've been thanked by many people around the country on the topic. And there's the usual social platforms to be able to follow you also. Uh, you have a Facebook group, correct? There's a closed community. And Facebook is not only a great way for people to see pictures of their grandchildren or share them, but in addition to that, yes, it is a closed community. People do have to apply. You'll get approved. But there's information that I can't share necessarily in full public view. For example, there are pamphlets or little tidbits, opinions about my personal opinions about some of the things you see in the media. For example, we spoke earlier about the misuse of the term open enrollment period. The annual election period, which begins on October 15th, this days away, and runs through December 7th, isn't necessarily open. 
And so I go and point this out to try to correct in certain ways, because as you know, not everything on the internet is true. And sometimes misstated, I understand it's diluted or tried to simplify for the greater, perhaps for greater awareness for the overall population. However, not having the precise roadmap can lead to problems, misunderstandings, and then you know, the penalties that we're trying to avoid, just as a simple example. Well, as we know, this is a very complex issue, but a very important, critical to our life and good health issue. And so we've managed to, I think, at least scratch the surface. And to you, I'm so grateful, J.O., that you are so uh, intrigued, I guess, with this whole aspect and are able to really explain it to us. So let's mention the website one more time. It's MaximizeYourMedicare.com, and the 2020 edition is going to be published by Allworth Press. It's available for pre-order now, and in addition to that, it will be coming to bookstores nationwide. That will come out in January, and if people go to the website and sign up to the newsletter, there are special offers where they can get this year's version in ebook format for free if they pre-order the book for the 2020 edition. Fabulous. All of that, just such critical information. Well, J.O., it's been really so educational, and I'm so grateful to you for your work and for taking time with us this morning. It's my privilege, Kate. Thank you very much for inviting me back.